another episode of Dealers of the Podcast. I'm Michael Kang. And I'm Allison. Okay, about a month ago, and it feels like less time than a month ago, but about a month ago on this podcast, we covered the fall of Kim Ye. Mm-hmm. See, so you say less than a month ago. To me, this feels like a story that we covered in 2019. Oh, no, I feel like I've been, well, we probably have been talking about them being over since 2019, <laughs> but it's to me, it's sped up like a long time ago. Uh, maybe it's because there's been so many stories about them, and I'm like, enough. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and now we're giving you another one because you really want to hear about it. But um, we mentioned how Kim Kardashian was probably going to file for divorce from Kanye West any day now, and that day is here. She filed for divorce. Uh, she filed for divorce last week, and the news came out on a Friday. And you, you know, you have mentioned this before, Allison. How celebrities, when they want to like sneak shit in, they don't yeah. want a lot of people to pay attention to it, like divorce news. They sneak it in on a Friday when everyone's in weekend mode. People have gone home. They don't care about this shit. Yeah, I, that's not the case here. <laughs> No, no, no. Like, usually Fridays to me are, like, when you visualize, like, someone, like, in a cartoon, like, picking up the corner of a carpet and sweeping the dust underneath it. That is, like, a Friday announcement. But there's an exception to every rule. This is the exception to that rule. Yeah, she's probably pulling some reverse psychology on us. Like, I want them to think. I don't want them to talk about it. So I'm going to put this on a Friday. But it's like, we know you. Yeah, it, she did it she did it on a Friday so that she could save up her energy over a Saturday and a Sunday to be like, okay, cracking knuckles. Time to get into it. Yeah, and the news, the gossip is usually slow on Saturday and Sunday. So then she could leak in her stories and they could get more attention. We know how you do it, Kim. But um, yeah, so she filed for divorce. They've been married for almost seven years. They have four kids together. We've been hearing that Kim has been planning out this divorce for a while and that Kanye knows their marriage is over and he's sad, but he knows it's done forever. So TMZ says that the divorce negotiations have been pretty amicable. Kim's lawyer is Laura Wasser, who is the divorce attorney to the stars. And TMZ always, they always have to call her a disco queen. And I always hear, see disco queen and I get all excited and I'm like, Disso queen. Also, it took me a long... TMZ is also, like, assuming everybody knows the lingo because it took me a really long time to um, learn what disso queen means. What did you think it meant? Like, disco queen. Like, I don't know. I didn't know. It was just like, I thought it was just like disso queen. Like I I think I always knew, like, it was short for disillusion, which is disillusion of marriage. So, disso queen. (laughs) That's what it is? What did you think it is? That's what it is, right? What else could I, it be? I thought it was dissolving queen. Oh, the, that yeah, that works too. I mean, it kind of works. It's the same word, basically. It's the same thing, yeah. Or she's dissing marriage. Dis- no, that doesn't make sense. But yeah. So her, the <laughs> disso queen. <laughs> so in the divorce documents, Kim asked for joint legal and physical custody of their four children. Kanye wants that as well. And the two will co-parent. That's probably going to be messy. That, that'll bring on a million more storylines. So they do have a prenup and neither is contesting it. But they're currently trying to sort out who gets what house. And TMZ says they're, uh, they're far long in property settlement negotiations. But my question is, so Kanye gave Kim that creepy hologram of her father 
yeah. right? As a gift. Who's going to get that? Oh, I mean, isn't it Kanye's voice? No, it is. I thought it was Kanye's voice. I thought he recorded it. He like pretended to be her father? I think. Well, it's not Robert Kardashian, is it? No, but I would think he would uh, maybe... Is it I, is it Ross Geller from Friends? Like, did yes. they hire um? What's Ross Geller's real name? David Schwimmer. David Schwimmer. Did they hire David Schwimmer? And they're like, listen, for thirty bucks an hour, can you do uh, Robert Kardashian again? Because you're gonna voice this hologram. And then when he said no, Kanye's like, fine, I'll do it live. Yeah, we'll we'll go with that. But yeah, Kanye probably gets that hologram. That con- that hologram is probably his lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> that poor hologram. <laughs> I just feel so bad for technology all of a sudden. I know. They're like, damn it. So Kanye <laughs> is Kim's third husband. So she's on to husband number four. Mm-hmm. And Kim is Kanye's first wife. So he's on to wife number two. Mm-hmm. A long and beautiful road for both of them. Yes. And I, you know, I don't really need to get into why the marriage ended. We, we've covered it and kind of everybody knows. Mm-hmm. But sources tell People Magazine that Kanye has been telling friends that he believes his failed presidential campaign cost him his marriage. You don't say? Mm-hmm. All, all of his friends are like shocked Pikachu face like, oh, no, Kanye, really? Yeah, it was that brand new was information. <laughs> yeah. So apparently everything between Kim and Kanye was fine until he ran for president and then it really went to shit. So during that campaign, as we know, Kanye, Kanye, Kanye shit-talked Kim. He shit-talked Kim's family. He said that he's been trying to divorce Kim since 2018. He alluded to her having an affair with rapper Meek Mill. He called her mother, whose name is Kris Jenner, he called her Kris Jong-il, meaning she's an evil dictator. Did he lie? Where's the lie there? (laughs) And during his campaign rally, this is where it really went dark, Mm -hmm. he said that he and Kim considered abortion when she got pregnant with their first child. And he told the crowd that even if Kim divorced him after that speech, she brought North into the world when he didn't want to, and she stood up for their child. So he did, he is a future seer because he saw the divorce coming. Mm -hmm. Kim later posted a note reminding us that Kanye has bipolar and to show compassion for him. And Kanye later apologized, but it was too little too late, and now they're done. And, I mean, it kind of, to me, it came to the most natural end because um, Keeping Up With The Kardashians, the television show, is ending, right? Yes. Like, they're done. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're going to air the final season, yeah. Yeah, last season. So it's like, what's the point and I'm asking, this is a serious question, Michael. What is the point of being married to Kanye West if you can't exploit your marriage for your reality show? Well, they have that Hulu deal, so they're not done with reality shows because they got a big deal with Hulu and they're going to do reality shows for them. Sure, but they're, they got to save like bigger storylines for that. Well, I think like this split is both shocking and not shocking to me. Mm-hmm. I thought that they would last a lot longer than seven years because... I felt like they were like they're a union and fame whore hell. Like I felt like they were on the same page as to what their goals are. Their goals being how can we build our brands bigger and, and get, get more attention. get more attention. Yeah. Like and that that's why they were a match made because I felt like 
they're both on board with that. Well, don't they say that like the healthiest marriages are built on common goals, right? So it's, yes, like, exactly. Your goals are like attention, being tacky, making money, looking ug- like wearing ugly clothes. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's the foundation for a healthy marriage. Yeah, that's honestly, and I'm not being bitchy. Well, I am being bitchy, but you know, I honestly thought that that's why they would long last longer than seven years. Like, yeah, I didn't. It's no, it's true. It's like they don't have any like. There's like very little conflict when you like agree on the same kind of stuff. Like when you have the same sort of motivations and goals. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I thought they would ride it out a little longer. I mean, I didn't think they would grow old together, mostly because Kim physically can't grow old like yeah. plastic doesn't age yeah that just that bends the laws of science it doesn't yeah make sense. that doesn't make sense but i thought that yeah it's mm-hmm. the end of an era it really is i see i was kind of the opposite i from the beginning believed that they would last so kim's previous marriage lasted 72 days and i was expecting like 73 days for this marriage and then every day after that i was like oh my gosh they're still together i can't believe it day 100 they're still together and so for me it was more like i just knew it was eventually gonna end but i just didn't know when you know like it wasn't like christmas where i knew what the i like i know what the day of christmas is like it's December what's 25th. the day of christmas every year every year december 25th or the 24th if you're one of those people that open presents on christmas eve but what i'm trying to say is like i didn't know the day it was coming but i knew it was well yeah come. i knew they were going to end eventually i knew that they this was this is not goldie hahn and kurt russell. kurt russell no one is goldie hahn and kurt no, russell but i yeah i thought it would be longer than seven days but i also think when he started to like fuck with her brand because now she's serious lawyer and he's messing yeah. with that so i knew yeah it's it's probably done it wasn't good for business. I am a little bit happy for her because my favorite Kim is when Kim dresses like kind of tacky. Like, when um, she, isn't that every Kim? <laughs> Have you seen her Instagram lately? <laughs> yes. Well, she's, you'll she's, love it then. <laughs> she split. She split. She's like getting to be free again. She's tacky and free again. But no, like I loved it when you like go back in time and she kind of was dressing like a bit of a mob wife. That's my favorite Kim Kardashian. And when she was married to Kanye West, it was kind of like, you know, she's just dressed like a sad latex store mannequin. So I'm happy for her that she gets to dress like she's to be the butterfly that's inside her gets to break free from that latex prison and she doesn't have to pretend to like those ugly ass shoes anymore she's probably still gonna like them i mean yeah you can't trust her taste level it's all over the place but still it's like she doesn't have if she doesn't like it she doesn't have to pretend that's mentally exhausting yeah there's that yeah okay so moving on from one kind of messy situation to a situation that's I would say it's a certified mess. So the Golden Globes. Or moving on from plastic globes to Golden Globes. To Golden Globes. That's a really good one. I like that one. Sorry. (laughs) That that one is such low fruit. It's like. It's low fruit. It's on the ground. One of us went for it, though. You picked up the low fruit. I was just standing over there being like, hmm, a tree that's got fruit on it. (laughs) Ooh. Anyway, so the Golden Globe Awards are happening this Sunday after being pushed like weeks and weeks and weeks and the nominations only coming out, you know, I think three weeks ago. Um, And because, I mean, awards season right this year is shit. We all know that. Like, It's it's a clusterfuck. Like, I don't know what's when, where, you know, I don't. Yeah. 
I'll be shocked. I will learn 48 hours ahead of time when something is happening. I can't tell. Normally I'm on top of this. I can't tell you when the Oscars are happening this year. I don't April. Know this, I know the SAG Awards happen the night before. Yeah, Oscars, I don't know the exact date, but they're in April. And then the nominations are like middle of March. Right. I believe. So you're already like 10 steps ahead of me. I'm, again, I'm standing back just being like shrugging my shoulders. I don't know when it's happening. But we yeah, know that who the cares? Golden, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? We'll get to it when it, we get to it. So the Golden Globes are happening this Sunday. And, um, I mean, they started, the year has been a mess, but their like nominations started out as a mess, which is very on brand for them because like last year the golden globes were a mess and the year before that was a mess and that's not a reference to people getting pissed drunk at their tables so when the nominations were announced earlier this month it was very notable because there's always snubs but this year there were like a lot of snubs plus a lot of things that were nominated where you're like why did you get nominated so we talked about this on the podcast before when we talked about the Golden Globe nominations. One of the huge snubs was um, the show I May Destroy You and Michaela Cole, who like created the show and um, starred in it. Like she got nothing, which was a huge shock. Um, Spike Lee's movie Defy Bloods was didn't get a nomination, which again, that was like a shock because it's gotten a lot of um, awards buzz. The TV show Bridgerton didn't get anything and it was like super popular. Um, the movie Minari was everybody thought that it was going to get nominated for stuff um and it only got nominated for foreign language film which people were like that's crazy because it's an american movie and yes a lot of the you know a lot of the words that they say are in korean but still it's the point is people were like this is messed up um but one of the nominations that did happen that people were like really scratching their heads about was uh emily in paris and i refuse to pronounce it the way that you're supposed to pronounce it what emily in paris i yeah you're not supposed to pronounce like that they pull that shit out of their ass i don't like that michael i don't like the way that sounds (laughs) it's not nice (laughs) i mean even that i've seen this show and even the emily in paris cannot say emily in perry she can't say it herself so why should we yeah exactly if the titular emily in paris won't even say it that's asking a lot of us so emily in paris generally so you saw it michael so i need to ask you without like any irony or like what did you honestly think about it? Uh, it's not award worthy at all. Okay, not one award for that. Uh, it's it's like easy to watch. You know, okay. it's like a low rent uh, Sex in the City. Not as entertaining, but it's easy to watch because I think they're only like thirty minutes each, and it's like fluffy and stupid, and she dresses horribly, so that's entertaining. Right. So. It's entertaining, but again, it, it should not be an award-winning show. It's a couch TV show. like Or like it's like a Saturday afternoon show where like you sit on the couch and you just watch it on a Saturday afternoon and you're like, I'm having a good time. You don't have to think. Yeah, you yeah. just, yeah. You just yeah, it's entertaining. Yourself. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay, so that's perfect. So what, what you basically said was it's not award-worthy, but that's not what the Golden Globe uh, Awards think. So the Hollywood Foreign Press, um, who run the Golden Globes, they're not allowed to accept gifts over $125, which seems reasonable because bribery is a real thing that happens. So I think they put that $125 cap on things to be like, please don't accept bribes. But... 
We recently found out, thanks to the Los Angeles Times, they did some investigating. And Paramount allegedly, reportedly, flew out 30 members of the HFPA um, to a fancy hotel in Paris for two nights. It was uh, $1,400 a night. So that's twenty, almost $3,000 per person that they blew. And then they treated them to like fancy lunches and stuff. And then they sent them home. They're like, oh, thank you very much for coming to see the hotel where Emily and Perry was filmed. Oh, we love you so much. And then they went home. And then all of a sudden, the HFPA nominated Emily and Paris for two different uh, Golden Globe Awards. And that's when people were like, what is going on? I would I would say that it was perhaps maybe a Pia Zadora situation. Well, it's like an every situation. Because yeah. I always feel like <laughs> they're pretty much all these awards, like Oscars are like, bought a lot of them it's definitely a popularity contest like it reminds me of high school student council elections where like people would run for student council and then they'd announce who won and you're like hmm it's all the kids who are friends with teachers interesting yeah or the popular ones you know it's like Mm -hmm. whoever schmoozes the most is going to get it that's life that's life but anyway, so it was. I think pe- what maybe the Los Angeles Times was a little bit um, upset about was maybe how brazen Paramount was. So, by the way, Paramount filmed Emily in Paris before Netflix picked it up. So that's why the blame is being kind of shifted onto Paramount and not Netflix, obviously. Um, so with that being said, there's a chance that um, Lily Collins, who plays Emily in Paris, could win a Golden Globe this Sunday. Um, and or Emily in Paris, the TV show could win a Golden Globe. Um, and when that happens, we'll all kind of be like tugging our collars, being like, oh, er, we sort of we know. why." But... Yeah. But also, too, the thing is, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, something that like was pointed out, um, uh, I think uh, Emily wrote the post for this for delisted. Emily so- in Paris wrote this post. <laughs> no, Emily and delisted wrote. This yeah, post. Emily in Paris wrote the Emily in Paris. Emily and yeah. Delisted wrote the Emily in Paris post. Yes. <laughs> so I think she wrote it. And I think she pointed out that there's like 90 members of the HFPA. And I think that there's something like 10,000 members of the like Oscar Academy. So the whole thing is it's like it's much easier to buy the Golden Globes because you like, for example, it's like if you work those statistics, one third of the Golden Globes nomination committee got to have like a fancy trip to Paris. So I mean, look, those are good odds. So Well, yeah, and I would take the take the trip, but I still wouldn't vote for Emily in Paris. Michael, that's I so mean, rude. I they have integrity. Spo- they just spoiled you to a beautiful trip. They let you have a gorgeous lunch inside this Parisian hotel. The least you could do is toss them a nomination. <laughs> so And they got tossed with one. That well, makes sense, but they got tossed with. I know where you're going with that. <laughs> so, speaking of the nominations, what Michael and I are going to do is we're going to go over our predictions for what we think is going to win this Sunday. Because, as frequent listeners know, we are nothing but accurate when it comes to our predictions. One one season. year, we'll, one one time, we'll get it close. One of us will get it close. One year, we're going to like sweep it, and we'll we're going to shocked. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm going to read them out. Michael, you tell me what your guess is, and I'll tell you what my guess is. Okay. Is it okay? Okay. So yeah. best motion picture drama. So we've got The Father, Mank, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. 
Okay, my favorite of those, hands down, Promising Young Woman. Hands down. But I think it's going to be Nomadland. Okay, that's what mine is as well. I also picked Nomadland because I've been hearing like award show buzz about it. Yeah, it very, yeah. Yeah. So best motion picture, comedy, or musical. Borat subsequent movie film, Hamilton, music, (laughs) Palm Springs, and The Prom. Okay, my heart says Borat. Uh-huh. My butthole says music because it's shit. Uh, but my brain says Hamilton. So I'm going with Hamilton. Okay. Michael, you know that I have a tendency to pick two different uh, You have things. to pick one. I know. So for I'm not going to tell you what my two were. I honestly think it's going to be... Um, I think we know that music is so bad. But I, yeah. think, I think it might be music. Okay. Because I, yeah. I don't think I don't think some of these people actually watch the movies. No. And I but feel, yeah. It's got a lot of bad press. I know, but sometimes I don't know. I just have I have it in my heart. I think it's gonna be music. I know I'm okay. wrong. I know okay. I'm wrong. Yeah. Okay. No, so, you might be right. You one hundred percent might be right. I could. <laughs> if I'm right, that's sad. I don't like putting that kind of energy <laughs> out there. I really don't. I don't want to be responsible for that. <laughs> So, best actor drama, Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins, The Father, Gary Oldman, Mank, and Tahar Rahim, The Mauritanian. I can never get that one right, but I said it right. Mauritanian. Oh my God. Yeah, you did. I was about to say like the Mauritian. Yes, I, <laughs> yes, that's what goes in my head. My brain's like, say the Mauritian. Yeah, like um, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, I think so too. I think he's obviously... That's going to be a posthumous, yeah, yeah, lock. So best actress drama, Viola Davis in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andra Day, The United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand, Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Okay, I want it to be Carrie Mulligan, but Frances McDormand shit in a bucket in Nomadland. So I'm going to say Frances McDormand. That's all it takes to get an award is just taking a poo-poo in a bucket? Or give the voters a trip to France. Either or. You got to choose. So Emily, like, so next season, Emily in Paris, she's going to shit in a bucket. She's like, oh, I guess if I have to. Shit in a little bucket. (laughs) Yeah, little bucket. Murd, murd a little bucket. So um, I think it's going to be Caramel again. Okay. I so, hope so, yeah. We'll see. Uh, she didn't poo in a bucket, but I'm putting that kind of energy out there for her. So, best actor in a comedy Sasha Barrett Cohen for Borat's subsequent movie film, James Corden in The Prom, Lin Manuel Miranda in Hamilton, Dev Patel, The Personal History of David Copperfield, and Andy Samberg, Palm Springs. Uh, Lin Manuel Miranda. Okay. And see, I'm saying James Corden in The Prom. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm just, I like that chaos. I mean, it could, yeah, it could, yeah. Yeah, you want to bring the chaos. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I'm probably wrong. Yeah, you're, who knows, yeah. I think it's it's definitely going to be Lin-Manuel Miranda, but I will say. Okay, so best actress in a comedy. Maria Bakalova, Borat's subsequent movie film. Kate Hudson in music. Michelle Pfeiffer in French Exit. Which, by the way, does that not sound like a sex thing? Yeah, now that you mention it, it does. Yeah, French exit. Rosamund Pike, I care a lot, and uh, Anya Taylor-Joy in Emma. Uh, Maria Bakalova. Me too. Okay. I'm surprised you didn't say Kate Hudson. No, no, no. I, I channeled all my energy into the best picture oh, musical Oh, that's, that's where the votes are going, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maria Bakalova totally deserves it. Um, so into television. Best television series drama, 
We've got The Crown, Lovecraft County, The Mandalorian, Ozark, and Ratchet. The Crown. I think it's going to be The Crown, too. Did you watch the season of The Crown? I've only seen one episode and I fell asleep. I can't watch The Crown. I fall asleep. Did you watch the last season? Michael, I've watched the last season like twice. No. I love it. I love it. I don't fall asleep. But everybody that I talk to says it's very sleepy. Yeah, I can't get into it. Oh, I love it. It's so good. Okay, so best television series, musical or comedy. Emily in Paris. I mean, do I even need to read the rest of them out? Emily in Paris is obviously taking the word home. Yeah, they got it. I'll go through it as a formality. Emily in Paris, The Flight Attendant, The Great, Schitt's Creek, and Ted Lasso. I'm going with Schitt's Creek. Okay. You're going going with with Emily Emily in Paris? Paris. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It could be because they do like give you um, surprises. Yeah. And shows that will never win again sometimes win. So yeah, I could see that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you're right with Schitt's Creek though because it's like a big... It won, like, all the Emmys, right? Yeah, and it's their last season. Yeah, so So. I think you're right. Okay, best actor in a TV drama. Jason Bateman in Ozark, Josh O'Connor in The Crown, Bob Odenkirk in Better Call Saul, Al Pacino in Hunters, and Matthew Reese in Perry Mason. Jason Bateman. Okay, I'm saying Al Pacino. Yeah, maybe, yeah. He seems, I don't know. I don't know. That one I picked out of my ass, I'll be honest. Yeah, he hasn't had an award in a while. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. He could have had one last year. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Give him another one. <laughs> it's The Golden Globes are arbitrary. <laughs> so best actress in a TV drama. Olivia Coleman, The Crown. Jodie, is it Comer or Comer? Comer? I hardly know her. <laughs> um, Comer, I think. Comer. Yeah. Okay, Jodie Comer, Killing Eve, Emma Corrin, The Crown, Laura Linney in Ozark, and Sarah Paulson in Ratched. Emma Corrin. Yeah, I okay. picked the same one too. Um, best Actor TV Comedy, Don Cheadle in Black Monday, Nicholas Holt, The Great, Eugene Levy, Schitt's Creek, Jason Sudeikis, Ted Lasso, and Remy Youssef in Rami. Eugene Levy. Okay, see, so I picked Jason Sudeikis and Ted Lasso. Okay, yeah, I could see that. Both good guesses. Yeah. Best Actress in a TV Comedy. Lily Collins, Emily in Paris, Kaylee Cuoco, The Flight Attendant, Elle Fanning in The Great, Jane Levy in Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and Catherine O'Hara in Schitt's Creek. Catherine O'Hara. Okay. I said Kaylee Cuoco, Flight Attendant. I totally almost said that because I could 100% see that. Because I could 100% see those uh, Hollywood Foreign Press people loving her. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so we'll have to wait until Sunday to see who is right uh, and to see which uh, TV show's uh, accounting department worked the hardest. Yeah, to see music sweep, to see Emily in Paris sweep, to see the prom sweep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow, what a hellbound uh, <laughs> ceremony that will be. <laughs> okay, so now let's move on to... The war, the TikTok war between Gen Z and millennials Mm -hmm. about hair parts, skinny jeans, and emojis. I'm Gen X, so I'm not in this fight because we don't have hair. We lost all our hair. (laughs) Uh, We can't get our skinny jeans over our compression socks. And what's an emoji? So... We're not in this. But Gen Z is making fun of millennials for all sorts of things. So let's start with hair parts. Mm -hmm. Gen Z believes that the sign of an old, decrepit, dusty, gray pubes having millennial is the side part 
because millennials love to part their hair on the side and Gen Z says it's all about the middle part. Mm -hmm. So there's TikToks where Gen Zers talk about how the middle part reigns supreme and nobody looks good with a side part. Uh, Marilyn Monroe would beg to differ and is going to come back from the grave to slap these kids down. Yeah, also, excuse me, Roger Rabbit's wife, Jessica Rabbit. Oh, yes, exactly. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I think that she's a boomer. Who, Jessica Rabbit? Jessica Rabbit. (laughs) She might be greatest generation, actually. That movie's pretty old. (laughs) (laughs) But, well, of course this doesn't make sense. Because Mm -hmm. the middle part, first of all, has been around since the beginning of time. Like, I'm sure Eve had a middle part. So Gen Z didn't, does not own the middle part. But also, one of the most famous middle part hairstyles to me is the boy band hair. <gasps> you butt cuts. Yeah, like, you know, like, wavy. And then, yeah. And mm-hmm. they're, they're millennials now. Well, some of them are. Some mm-hmm. are Gen X. But so that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, the generation before that had side parts. It just flip-flops. They they were just, they're just lucky enough to be born in a middle part generation. <laughs> are you, wait, are you middle part? Listen, I'm middle part. I'm not Gen Z. I'm very far from it. But I've always been middle part. Always? Always. I do not look... Okay, here's the thing. I've got a really bad cowlick. I do not suit uh, parting my hair to the side. So I've always been middle part. But sometimes you have bangs, right? I got bangs right now. Yeah. So, so I guess, you do I middle part with some bangs. Mm-hmm. And okay. then sometimes I part my bangs in the middle. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Like a curtain. I'm, yeah, exactly. And the forehead I'm, is the stage. I'm clearly trying to relate to uh, Gen Z. I'm like Amy Poehler in Mean Girls. I'm like, hey, so are we still parting our hair in the middle, girls? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and see, I can never do the middle part. I like, well, my hair's a curly mop, so it doesn't have any yeah. part but if i have if i part i part to the side because if i part in the middle it's curly i look like flat top from dick tracy no lie it really looks or i look like betty boop with a perm so yeah. i can't do that at all not That's everyone not for me. yeah not everyone does a middle part that well yeah so okay gen z has also declared that skinny jeans are over and it's all about straight leg or boot cut or baggy and i'm actually okay with this trend because i don't remember the last time i wore pants yeah <laughs> are we are we are we talking like do we classify sweatpants as pants or is well no no i mean wear? actual pants like trousers and jeans i don't remember okay. the last time do you yeah. uh no yeah no, it's I, all no, sweats. i literally don't remember yeah it's all like oh, wow. sweats or sweat shorts, or if I'm feeling for if I'm going to a formal event like watching the Golden Globes on my couch, I have skinny sweats. Sweatpants, yep. <laughs> I also have a pair. That's those are the ones that I wear when I drop my daughter off at daycare because I want to look respectable. Then I come home and I put on my indoor sweatpants. Yeah, those are your uh, public sweatpants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that I'm completely okay yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I mean, I know that, like, I know that, like, as a millennial, I'm supposed to, you know, take real umbrage with Gen Z talking about my pants. But I'm with them. I hate skinny jeans. I can't, I can't fit into my skinny jeans now anyway, so... Yeah, I'm okay with baggy. Like, yeah, drawstring, baggy. Actually, just throw a tarp on me and I'll be good to go. 
Okay, so also, and another thing that Gen Z believes is a sign of a millennial is someone who uses the laugh cry emoji. So it's that emoji that's laughing and tears are coming out. Yeah. Like it's crying, you know, laughing so it's crying. So apparently Gen Zers don't use that emoji and only grandma and grandpas do. So Gen Z prefers to use the skull emoji to laugh at something because it means like I'm dead or I'm dying. Like it's right. so funny that I'm dead. And uh, some Gen Zers think that nobody uses the laugh cry emoji and it's bland. But according to a site called Emoji Tracker, the tears of joy emoji is the most used emoji on Twitter. But then again, Twitter is filled with olds. Gen Z doesn't fuck with Twitter, right? No, I think they're like only TikTok and Snapchat. Yeah, so that's that makes sense then. They're pulling the wrong area. Yes. Hmm. So don't use the laugh cry emoji unless you want to show you're an old. Do you, I, I don't think you use that emoji. I use it all the time. You do? Yeah, I do. I love it. You know why? Because it's telling someone I'm having a good time laughing. Something's <laughs> joyful to me. Forgive me, Gen Z, for finding something joyful. For taking for taking joy in my life and laughing. Laughing so hard that I have tears in my eyes. They want to take that away from you. Yeah, I don't want to use the skull. I want to be alive to laugh. Live, love, laugh. Okay, just like the just like the sign above my living room couch says, "Live, love, laugh. Live, laugh, love." And well, many. I have seen like the laugh whenever. Okay, whenever I see the laugh cry emoji, I think of someone using it wrong. Usually a boomer. So because some people (laughs) think, well, some people think it's just a crying emoji. They don't think it's a laugh crying emoji. So like several several times, I've come across a Facebook post, right, and someone. It will be a Facebook post like where someone is announcing the death of a family member and it's sad. Mm-hmm. And someone's aunt will respond with, I'm sorry for your loss. And then like have five laugh cry emojis. And I'm like, Deborah, someone needs to educate you. You're laughing at this. I know. Well, like also too, the emoji has a smiling mouth. Yeah, so it looks like diabolical. Yeah, it's like... You can't just, maybe they think it's like you're crying so loud that your mouth is open as wide as it can. You're like, you're like, yeah, bawling. They think it's the bawling emoji when it's Mm -hmm. a laugh cry. And then so they use it in these sad poems. It's like they look like the Joker. Allison and I are going to quickly get into five stories, starting with Universal Treasure and Flawless Diamond Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton just had to show us another reason why she's the best. So in January, a bill was introduced to put a statue of Dolly Parton on the grounds of the Capitol in Tennessee to honor her for all she's done for the state. Dolly does not want it. She issued a statement saying that she's honored and humbled, but would like them to remove the bill from consideration because with everything that's going on in the world, she doesn't think it's the right time to put her on a pedestal. But in the future possibly even after she's gone. If they still feel the same, she'd be honored to have a statue at the Capitol. And that is why Dolly deserves a statue. Exactly. Somebody who doesn't want one is the person who deserves it. So I think that Dolly's right in the fact that we should wait until she's gone to put up a statue because we've all seen those like tribute statues where they look terrible. Like we, the Christian Ronaldo one and like Lucille Ball. Exactly. So the thing with Dolly is, Dolly is perfect head to toe. There's no artist alive that could make a statue worthy of Dolly. 
So if she's alive, how insulting would that be if you put up a statue and it just looks like garbage? What I'm trying to say is you can't put up a statue of Dolly while she's still alive. It's it's inhumane. No, it is wrong. And like to kind of piggyback on what you said, like Dolly knows everything and she probably knows that engineers and builders will not be able to safely create a statue of her that perfectly captures her spectacular titty balls Mm -hmm. and so because if they built one now it'd probably topple over and kill a pigeon or something so dolly does not want that Mm -hmm. that's she's looking out for everybody Mm -hmm. so the rock has long talked about running for president of the united states and he recently told usa today that if people wanted him to run for president he would and he's not being flippant about or anything he truly means it so the rock used was registered republican but he voted for joe biden in the last election uh-huh. um yeah i mean i crazier things have happened like i think i could totally see this after all the rock is uh, a person of the people his finishing move was laying the smack down with the people's elbow that's people's with a s plural that's everyone <laughs> and Gwyneth Paltrow and insert the groans uh, Gwyneth Paltrow has famously said that she was pretty much doing yoga before yoga was cool and she feels the same way about masks so a year ago Gwyneth posted a selfie of her wearing a mask on a flight at the time there were only a few dozen known coronavirus cases in the U.S. So that selfie did make headlines, but I don't think people were making fun of her. It was mostly like the star of contagion is scared of the pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. But the New York Times recently asked Gwyneth about that selfie, and she said, this is a familiar pattern in my life. I do something early. Everyone is like, what is she doing? She's insane. And then it's adopted by the culture. So she pretty much created mask wearing. Also, Gwyneth claimed she got coronavirus very early on in the pandemic and that she was one of the first people she had heard of who got it. So basically, Gwyneth made coronavirus really happen. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I knew she was solely to blame. Yeah. <laughs> Deep down, I knew. This the situation is kind of like a tree falls in the forest kind of thing for me because it's like, you know, is there also if 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 a Gwyneth Paltrow who believes that she invented masks and coronavirus mm-hmm. um, exists, is there also a smug coronavirus germ out there that keeps bragging about who was the first germ to infect Gwyneth Paltrow while the other germs roll their eyes? The Goopy 19. Mm-hmm, something to yeah, think the, about. The Goop 19. So Gwyneth wore a single mask a year ago, right? And now it's all about the double mask. Mm-hmm. So I think she should continue to be the trendsetter that she is and she should really get ahead and start wearing 10 masks or how many it takes to muffle the stupid shit she says Mm -hmm. 10 or 10 and up fox 19 reports that a man named del hall from cincinnati ohio is going on a beer diet for lent for the next 46 days he's going to only drink water black coffee herbal tea and beer so before you say this is this thing is called alcoholism, Dell says he drinks only three to five beers a day, and this is the third time he's done it. Each time he's done it, he's lost around 50 pounds, and it has lowered his blood pressure and cholesterol. And by the way, to the shock of no one, he owns a brewery. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know what? This is actually a really good um, thing to do for Lent because it kind of like echoes, like Lent is the lead up to Easter, right? In this case, I guess you could call it Easter, yes. um, 46 days before. And um, so when he finally finishes his beer Lent, um, his liver will kind of be like Jesus, right? So his liver is like, one of you will betray me. My human body is the one who will betray me. Yeah. <laughs> you will deny that you're fucking me up. And then when the liver dies uh, on the th third day, I guess, the liver will be like, forgive, forgive this body. He knows not what he does. Liver Jesus. <laughs> and not only is his liver going to leave him, so is his bladder. Because he's, he's probably pissing every 10 minutes. Oh, God. Yeah, that much no. liquid? Yeah, no. Finally, a man named Oliver McManus, who lives in Britain, tweeted that he got his new HelloFresh order, which HelloFresh is a meal delivery kit. And in the order was a bottle of uh, Coca-Cola bottle that was filled with what he says is piss. So Oliver tweeted a picture of the bottle of piss and tagged HelloFresh and added the note, Hey, HelloFresh UK, I'll keep it simple. Why have I received someone's bottled up piss as part of my order? Look forward to your response on this one. Mm -hmm. Hello, piss. More like hello, piss. Yeah. <laughs> so HelloFresh apologized and asked him to DM them so they could work it all out. So fun fact, mm -hmm. Leah Michelle used to be a HelloFresh spokesperson. And Leah Michelle lost that job after Samantha Ware accused Leah of all sorts of asshole shit, including telling Samantha she was going to shit in her wig. Right? Mm -hmm. So HelloFresh probably hired Leah Michelle back, and now she's, instead of shitting in wigs, she's pissing in meals. That's, that's obviously the situation. That's what happened, yeah. Okay, and Michael, I have a joke for this story. But this is like Allison's bad comedy corner. Okay, so picture me with like a Oh, that's wall. impossible. That's impossible. Well, never say never, baby. So <laughs> here's, my, here's my bad joke, okay? Said HelloFresh's customer service department, I'm sorry, was the piss not fresh? I saw the picture, it wasn't. <laughs> it looked it, it looked like the, it? The, the beer the beer diet guy sent it. But you know what? Bear Grylls is probably a customer now. <laughs> you know, because he likes piss. He loves it. And that ends the show. But before we go, um, we'd like to ask you to rate and review us if you haven't already. And if you've got a question for us for our mailbag, any, any question for Allison or me or both of us, you can email us at dtp at delisted.com. So that's that. Till next week. Au revoir, Michael. Au revoir. Allison in Toronto. <laughs> 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 <laughs>